Before this episode begins, on behalf of us all on the All Things Leeds team, we would like to send our thoughts and prayers out to Calvin Phillips and his family after the horrible news last Thursday that Val Crosby, also known to his Leeds fans as Granny Val, sadly passed away aged 82 after a short illness. I'm sure she touched the hearts of many Leeds United fans. She was the heartbeat of the Takers Home Leeds United documentary. It's a very sad loss to the Leeds United family and she will be dearly missed. Rest in peace. Hello and welcome along to episode 86 of the All Things Leeds podcast with myself, Ed McIntyre, and joining me remotely, of course, is as always my co-host, Charles Foster. Charles, how are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm very well, very well. Enjoyed the weekend as much as I could, considering the Leeds United result on Friday night, but uh, all in all, I'm good. How are you, mate? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm just uh, having a nice long weekend, so I'm looking forward to the next Leeds game next week on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully Leeds United can uh, can bounce back from a from a defeat. We've we've of course got to talk about that defeat, that one 0 loss away at Wolverhampton Wanderers. In this show, uh, we'll see how the Leeds United and Twenty Threes have got on recently as well. We've got a little bit of news to get into as well before we look ahead to Tuesday night's game, which sees Leeds United host Southampton at Ellen Road. So loads coming up here in this episode of the All Things Leeds podcast. <laughs> So then, Wolverhampton Wanderers won, Leeds United nil. That's now two defeats in a row. But Charles, Leeds were quite unfortunate on Friday evening, weren't they? Yeah, I felt we had a lot of very good chances. Uh, we were possibly very, possibly we were very unfortunate not to get something out of the game. And the circumstances in which we lost the game were one of the strangest, most unfortunate goals I've ever seen. So I'm coupled with our kind of typical lack of efficiency we saw from the team in the championship. It was just a kind of unlucky day all round. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a very unlucky night uh, at uh, the Molyneux. Uh, of course, Wolves uh, scored their goal in the 64th minute. Uh, Dama Troyovi just being allowed to, to cut inside from the left. I don't think it was good defending from Leeds United. He just was able to just glide past Ailing. Stuart didn't really close him down properly and he got the shot off in the end. But the ball hit the post, bounced uh, back out off the post, hit Melier in the back and then crossed the line and uh, it was a goal for, for Wolves. It was a, a very lucky goal. It was the kind of goal you would concede on FIFA or Football Manager. It was just the most ridiculously unlikely thing you've ever seen. It, it, was, it came just after we had a brilliant chance to score ourselves with one of Liam Cooper's headers. We had, had a few over the night, which were, which you know, connected with well, forced decent saves out of. It was just really unlucky that we went from that to conceding a goal that kind of shoddy. And um, Wolves, after they've gone one 0 up, just dragged the game out for us for the, for the remaining half an hour or so. They were just time wasting as much as possible and slowing yeah. the game down and we couldn't really get back into it despite a couple of good chances particularly from Helder Costa in the kind of dying seconds yeah it was, it was just unfortunate yeah yeah and Wolves you know scoring a lucky goal and then yeah time wasting and cheating their way to victory and uh yeah the referee just seemed to allow it you know until that corner right at the end which uh he booked uh, the Wolves player for for time wasting but they, they were just allowed to time waste and, and cheat the way to a 1-0 victory you know a fluke 1-0 victory really because um yeah, very lucky goal. And it's so unfortunate for Ilan Melier as well. He's been punished for trying to make a, a really good save. He's He's been punished for trying to be a good goalkeeper there. And, and he didn't deserve, 
something like that to, to happen to him on the night, did he? Because Melier had a fantastic game on, on Friday. He made some fantastic saves, particularly in that first half to uh, deny Neto and Semedo as well. He had a good chance. And yeah, he, he, he made a couple of decent saves in the second half as well. Melier was, was really good on Friday night, which is really good to see considering uh, he had a you know a poor game against Arsenal the week before. So it was a great response from Melier. And then to be hit with a you know an unfortunate goal like that, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's cruel. Yeah, I, I did fail for him because I felt he had a, you know, he did have a decent game, did make a few good saves, and I, I did see a stat. I think it was up from Opto saying he was the youngest goalkeeper ever to concede an own goal, to obviously cause the own goal. But it's just so so unfortunate. And then you got Nuno coming out afterwards saying, um, "Oh yeah, they, they felt that like Wolves deserved that look." I didn't feel like that was the case. I'm, I'm biased as a Leeds fan, but I felt the game was very even. I thought a draw probably would have been a fair result. Yeah, it was a very even game. And I think even for the neutral, it was an entertaining game. It was end-to-end, back and forth. Uh, and yeah, it was very even. And I, yeah, I, I don't think any team deserved to win, really. I thought Leeds United definitely did deserve uh, you know, to, to, to draw the game and, uh, and get a point. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I, I felt we should have probably put away one of our set-piece chances, particularly from you know, Liam Cooper had a couple yeah. of good headers. You know, Bamford got one on target as well. I felt that I think a 1-1 draw would have been one of the Fair, and then obviously we're going to talk about the uh, the Bamford offside goal shortly. <laughs> yeah, we certainly will. But yeah, Le- Leeds United certainly did enough to to get a point from this game. You mentioned there, Liam Cooper. He could have had a hat trick in this game, all from set pieces as well. And there were two that were pretty much the exact same. Yeah, it, it would have been weird, wouldn't it? Liam Cooper, a defender scoring a hat trick, all from set pieces. It's a uh, very uh, unleeds like. <laughs> Yeah, it's really not how we've been playing this season. We've really not focused on seemingly defending or attacking set pieces. We've been trying to you know, score nearly all of our goals from open play, which is you know, shown by Bamford having pretty much all of his goals from open play. Rafinha's like, massively improved the, uh, the set pieces of late. And I think even once Phillips is back, I think he'll probably stay on set pieces in corners. That's what I was saying during the game. Rafinha needs to stay on set pieces because those set pieces on Friday were brilliant from Rafinha. And he got, yeah, he did get really unfortunate not to get a couple of assists to Rafinha, but yeah, it was just it was just unlucky, and we uh, we we did our best, and we were just you know punished by something that was just ludicrous, and we we'll just have to move on. Yeah, now, Rafinha could have got a goal himself as well. He had a really good header. You mentioned uh, earlier Helder Costa as well, a really good chance right at the end of the game, um, and that was his moment, wasn't it? Helder Costa coming off the bench, his time to shine uh, against his former club. And he just scuppers a shot. And, it, you know, you're just thinking it's not going to work out for him, is it, Helder Costa? The thing is, because he came off the bench last game, well, what, 3-0 down. I was at fault for one goal and scored one goal. And he felt that this that, that was a superb moment to kind of, you know, prove he still had a place in the side, that he, was, he, he could be the man in that moment. And it was just, it was an all right finish. It was just, he, all he needed was a little bit of power and that was going straight in. And he, it was a, a great chance for him. And it fell so kindly and, I think Wolves have got to consider themselves fortunate to have got the three points, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, Bamford, as you mentioned, uh, he did have a ball in the back of the net. Um, a great finish as well uh, after Tyler Roberts played him through. It was a fantastic finish from Patrick Bamford. Uh, but yeah, he was denied his 13th goal of the season by the offside flag. Now, at first glance, to the naked eye, it looked offside. Like At first glance, I was like, yeah, he's offside. He's got he's got the right decision there. But then they started to draw the lines. VAR started to draw the lines of where the players were. And to me, it looked onside all of a sudden. I thought it would, they were dead level, to be honest. Bamford's knee and the heel of the last Wolves defender, I thought they were dead level. I think Bamford's very unfortunate not to be given that one as onside. I mean, appreciate the, the Lino's made the call. I thought the Lino was just giving offside all night, to be honest with you. I thought it was poor. Um, but the uh, it looked slightly off initially, but yeah, as you say, but on the replay, 
for me, the dead level. I think it should have been given. Yeah, Bamford is a bit unfortunate there. You mentioned the officiating. I thought it was, the officiating was dreadful on Friday evening, really, and especially from the linesman. Um, the officiating in, in English football is just dreadful. I mean, that's a, it's another topic for another day, but officiating in English football and you know the Premier League is just shocking. Absolutely shocking. Some awful decisions in every single game you see in the Premier League, uh, you know, Every single week, so uh, yeah, the standing is just is just appalling. Um, so yeah, Bamford very unfortunate to be denied a, a goal here. Um, and yeah, we 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 did enough. We did enough to turn a point. We we deserve to draw really, but uh, yeah, it was just uh, not our night, unfortunately. Um, and Charles, it's evident, isn't it, that we do miss Calvin Phillips? Of course, Phillips missed uh, missed this game as well. Uh, yeah, we've lost the last five games without Calvin Phillips. It's evident that that we miss him. He, he's a big loss, isn't he? Yeah, although, although I thought we were better in this game, I thought we looked a lot more solid because obviously the back four was kept in place. But yeah, we do we do miss him. Just his general kind of physical presence, I think he would um, he'd have been sticking tight to the likes of Trial Ray and Neto, and I think we would have got a bit more, you know, possibly a couple more turnovers in the middle. I thought I felt we were kind of slightly unfortunate with that kind of thing, but I thought I thought we were better than than we were against Arsenal in general. Yeah, we did we did look more solid. Yeah, yeah, we really did look a, a lot better, you know, in the Wolves game without Cam Phillips compared to the Arsenal game without Phillips. And I, I think it's down to it was a different kind of system, wasn't it? Bielsa was playing to me. It looked like a four-four-two. Robertson, Bamford up front together, Matthaus, Click, and Shackleton taking it in turns to to drop deep, collect the ball, and then, then move to play forward. It was a yeah, it was a different kind of system really, and. Uh, I, I I quite liked it. I thought I thought it worked well going forward. I thought I thought we were okay defensively. And yeah, again, great to see uh, the back four back to how it should be. Dallas at left back, Haling at right back, where he's he's miles better. Uh, Struick back in centre back, where he he looks a lot better and a lot more confident. And Liam Cooper alongside him. Uh, yeah, great to great to have the uh, you know the, the defense back to the way it was because uh, yeah, it it, do, it does affect us, doesn't it? When you know, because you look at the Arsenal game without Cameron Phillips and the whole defence, you know, has to reshuffle around. Stuart drops into CDM where he's not too great. Shackleton at right back, which which I, I don't think works. I think Shackleton's much better in midfield. Ailing at centre-back where he's miles better at right back. You know, changing stuff all around doesn't really work. And uh, yeah, it was good to, to see in this game that they also try something new and, and it actually, you know, somewhat worked. Yeah, with a bit of experimentation is, um, is necessary, especially with the amount of... Um injuries we've got at the moment and I, I do think it it's yeah, aside a slightly better result and a solution with the uh, with, with the later setup and um but I'm, I'm I'm hopeful for the Southampton game I really am yeah after the Wolves game and seeing the system we used and the way we played without Cameron Phillips I'm I'm a lot more confident now going into games without Cameron Phillips because that that system I, I did quite like it to be honest it's much better than seeing Ailing go into centre back and it's Jurek into CDM Shackleton right back it's much better than seeing that really so um, uh, see, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit more confident now heading into Southampton if uh, Cam Phillips does miss that game. Um, but no, he, he is a big loss. Is is Phillips? He's the heartbeat of the team. He, he he's the one you you know who who takes control of of the midfield and defence. Um, you know, I think Messier as well. He missed Cam Phillips, especially in the Arsenal game. He had no one really to pass to and you know take control in that midfield. So yeah, he's a, he's a big loss. And Charles, it, it's time, isn't it, in the summer for us to bring in a like-for-like replacement for Calvin Phillips. Because we can't continue on heading into games where we don't have Phillips due to injury or suspension and thinking, well, everything's going to get changed up and we'll probably lose games. You know, we can't go on like this. So it's time for a like-for-like replacement to be brought in, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the club will definitely be looking at that. It seems to be hints from the likes of Phil here that we are going to be looking into buying a new centre midfielder in the summer and a new left-back. And uh, 
I can't I can't see his buying a, a more defensive defensive player because although Carmen's not hugely injury prone, he does have periods where he is you know not fit. So we are going to require a, someone to fill in for him. Whether or not you're going to be able to get someone of the same standard for a reasonable amount of money, and especially given he seems to be the kind of pretty much the first name on the team sheet when he's when he's fit. Whether you're going to get someone who's you know going to be willing to sit on the bench is a different story. So you might have to get a slightly younger player, but we'll uh, we'll see what the club do. I've got faith in the club to find a new a DM for us. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to go out and get an expensive, experienced DM, but just someone kind of, you know, for sure, like, but not as injury prone. I mean, a lot of people say that we've got a like for like replacement there in Adam Forshaw, but he's currently out. We don't know when he's going to be back and if he's going to be back at all. So I, I think that we can certainly get, you know, a good solid defensive midfielder who can, you know, just just you know hold that position for a while while Calvin Phillips is, isn't there. On the cheap, you know, someone in the championship maybe who who could do that job. Yeah, it, it, it's not going to be it's not going to be cheap getting an experienced DM to fill that role, and you know, it's not going to be easy persuading an experienced defensive midfielder to sit on the bench. But I think we can certainly get you know someone from a championship who does a similar t- job to what Forshaw's done in the past when he's had to fill in that role. And um, yeah, I, th- I think we should be fine. But it, it's definitely something to look at in the summer. But no, we're, we're certainly better in this game without Cam Phillips compared to the Arsenal game. But it was a 1-0 loss. Uh, as I say, it's uh, another loss without Phillips. Uh, we've now lost our last five games without Cam Phillips. And uh, yeah, it's of course now two defeats in a row. Uh, we dropped down to 12th uh, in the Premier League table. Uh, and after the results at the weekend, we're now only 10 points above the relegation zone. So yeah, we, we really need to get to those 40 points, don't we, as soon as possible? Because like before we started recording, I, w- I was saying to you, look, we're, we're now 10 points, only 10 points above the relegation zone, where last week we were, what, 16 points above the relegation zone. So within a week, it's Fulham have gained six points on us. So yeah, now, now I'm starting to think, oh, could we be dragged into a relegation scrap? It's important, isn't it, to bounce back from this defeat and, and get to the 40 points as soon as possible now, just to calm everyone down a bit. You see, last week you were very comfortable and I was slightly worried. And this week you appear to be slightly more worried. And I'm I'm all right, to be honest. I, I think <laughs> we'll be fine. I think if you're, as I was saying to you off, off camera, I think if you're a Palace fan or a Newcastle fan, you're far more worried than you are if you're a Leeds fan. And I'm not too worried. I think we're going to get to the 40 point mark. Obviously, we we have got a slightly difficult period of games coming up. With the I think we're playing both Manchester clubs that way. Uh, in is it in April? In April. Yeah, yeah, it's in April. But, look, but you look at the March fixtures, though. We've got two trips to London and Chelsea at home. Yeah. I do think that makes the Southampton game a little bit more important for us to get some points in. But I'm not awfully worried. Um, we, we've seen some strange results this season, and we've had some games we thought we were going to get battered in where we weren't and some games where we didn't think we were going to get battered in where we did so I, I think we're probably the least predictable team in the Premier League to be honest and um, I've got faith we can get to that 40 points 8 points yeah. we've, got, we've got more than enough games and I think th- there's other teams that are are definitely going to go down instead of us. Yeah, I've got faith as well that we get to the forty points. I say, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not that worried. But in the back of your mind, you are thinking, could we be pulled into a relegation battle here? So, um, so yeah, no, I, I do think that we, that we will still be fine. But um, I'll be a lot more relaxed. Like I'm sure everyone would if we get to those forty points. Those, uh, those magical forty points. Um, so yeah, Leeds United now uh, back to the drawing board after uh, those two defeats in a row. Uh, we, of course, go into the uh, Southampton game in need of a win, really. Uh, and, yeah, Charles and I will preview that Southampton game later on in the show. For Leeds United, 23 has made it nine wins in a row. 
last week after defeating Reading 3-0 at Four Parks last Monday and beating Norwich City 2-0 away from home on Friday. Those wins keep them 10 points clear at the top of PL2 Division 2 with six league games left of the season. Charles, it's uh, looking more and more likely that uh, Mac Jackson's side will uh, win automatic promotion to PL2 Division 1. Yeah, I mean... Without trying to jinx us, I think it's pretty much a uh, nailed on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty much nailed on. They are playing very well. And I thought, despite the weirdness of that latest game at Norwich with the sendings off and various things, Mac Dean's clearly got a new understudy in the in the 23s. But the um, the, yeah, the the quality of the play was decent. I thought the, they weren't really up to the usual standard of play. I did watch the game. It wasn't scintillating because I thought Norwich did defend quite well. But I thought Leeds were generally in control and, and did play quite well. Yeah, we certainly did play uh, quite well against Norwich, and uh, you know, played certainly played well against uh, Reading. Eighteen-year-old uh, midfielder Stuart McKinstry scored a brace against Reading, uh, and if I do remember correctly, uh, McKinstry really shone, didn't he, in that uh, FA Youth Cup match at Manchester United last year, didn't he? And yeah, McKinstry, he he looks a really good player. He does. He's got yeah, great pair of feet, and he's he's fast, he's agile, and uh, I think they, obviously I think he's been drafted a bit more centrally than he uh, normally is. I think we. We kind of think of him mainly as a wide player, but I think he's been deployed as a as a centre midfielder. But yeah, he's, he's he's quality. There's a lot of quality in the 23s. I just think they've got to uh, want to get promoted next season. They've got to realise that they are going to be the newly promoted team, so they've got to you know keep it to a get it to a higher standard really. Because as as we've seen in the FA Cup, there is a big difference between 23s and obviously the next level up. Yeah, there certainly is a big difference, but uh, they're certainly doing well in the, uh, uh, you know, in the un 23s level where they're at. Uh, Crescentio Somerville got uh, an assist against Reading uh, and scored against Norwich from the penalty spot. Uh, and there was a lot of people on, on Twitter I saw saying, get Somerville away from Norwich and get him up to uh, Wolverhampton. Because, oh, of course, Leeds were playing later on, on the Friday. I mean, Somerville, he he looks a really good player. Yeah, just he's a, he's a quality winger. He's, he's... He's got that kind of sterling vibe about him. He's uh, always trying to take his full back on. He's he's rapid. He's he's just. Uh, I I do think he's probably good enough to make the bench at some point in the same in the same way that Galar So uh, I expect to see him there. Maybe not this season, but you think next season he might be getting a bit more of a, a chance on the bench. Yeah, yeah, I certainly see Somerville not far away from uh, getting a call up to uh, the Premier League bench. Uh, you say that you don't think he, he may, you know, he might not get him a bench this season, but you know, Ian Pervader's out at the moment. Helder Costa isn't performing too well when he's coming off the bench in recent games. So, could Somerville be given a chance, or you know, on the bench and maybe a, a little five ten minute cameo here and there before the end of the season? I can't see it unless someone like that Alioski or Costa was to pick up an injury in training. I don't think it's likely to be honest with you. Uh, but now the M twenty three is doing really well at the moment, and. Um, yeah, you know, they achieved category one status in the summer. It's a new league for them. And to see that they've adapted so well to this PL2 Division 2, you know, this new league, to, to see that they've adapted to this higher standard so well, you know, top of the league by 10 points, it's, uh, it's fantastic to see, isn't it, Charles? Yeah, it is great. And it's it's good to know that the the money that's been invested in the academy is going to going on good players and going on good prospects. And I'm hoping that we see more players develop to a higher standard and hopefully we can have that kind of regular influx of academy players into the into the first team that we've enjoyed, you know, over the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Uh, but yeah, no, fantastic stuff from uh, the League United 23 so far this season. As I say, six league games left. So, uh, yeah, it's looking more and more likely that they will win promotion. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed that they, uh, that they do. Uh, but yeah, nine wins in a row. We'll see if they can make it ten wins in a row uh, when they travel to Crystal Palace uh, on Monday, the 1st of March. Palace are third in uh, PL2 Division 2 on their 23 points. 17 points below 
lead. So on paper, Leeds United should win that match. But Palace are unbeaten in their last three games with two wins and a draw. Uh, so they are a decent side. So uh, it should be an interesting game, that one. Uh, yeah, as I say, that game is on the 1st of March and kicks off at 1pm. <laughs> Let's now have a look at some news and 29-year-old Spanish forward Rodrigo is back in training, it looks like. Uh, he was unexpected to be out for a number of weeks and it looks like that is the case. Uh, Charles, are you looking forward to seeing Rodrigo return? Yeah, I am actually. I think it'll be, it'll be, great, it'll be great to see him again. It's, it'd be nice to just have more attacking options and you know <laughs> have the bench look you know less like it's just full of 23s and more like it's full of, full of you know. <laughs> Well, fledged first team players, I think we are pretty bare bones at the moment, so it would be good to see someone like Rodrigo get back. Yeah, yeah, certainly <clears> it would be good just to you know just welcome someone back and uh, yeah, get get a decent name on the bench because you're looking at the bench and you're thinking well, we really really do not have much at all. So yeah, it would be, be great to see yeah Rodrigo back on the bench soon. Uh, have we missed Rodrigo? Do you think in the in the recent games? I think yeah, I think so. Although I didn't think last couple of games, I think Ty Roberts has been, been pretty good. I think he was decent against Arsenal. And I thought he was pretty good against Wolves as well. I thought it was unfortunate, obviously, not to get the assist for the Bamford, you know, offside goal. Yeah, I think he's been good, but it is nice to just have someone with Rodrigo's experience and ability to just turn a player and link up well with Rafinha and Bamford. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice, it's great to welcome him back. Yeah, I mean, he's our record signing, so it'll be fantastic to, uh, to welcome Rodrigo back and uh, yeah, try and get uh, something from him before the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I think I do think we've, we've you know we've missed you know his creativity, you know his his, his spark, his uh, you know his link up play going forward. He links up so well with Buffinia and Bamford and Harrison. It's uh, you know it's a joy to watch. So um, yeah, I think we have missed Rodrigo somewhat, but it, it would be hard for him to get back in the side. As you mentioned, Tyler Roberts uh, was given a start against Wolverhampton. It was you know big chance for him, and and he took it. You know. Tyler Roberts was really good on Friday night against Wolves. And um, yeah, Rodrigo, it's, it, it's certainly going to take him a bit of time to get back into this starting 11. Yeah, well, he always does with injured players. And he also obviously likes to get people back up to speed. But it may be the case where it needs most and we, we will need to bring him back in. And we have seen with certain players that if they're essential to the, to the team, Bielsa will kind of forego that. I think yeah. uh, Liam Cooper and Phillips in particular, when they come back from injury, they go, they literally just go straight back in the team. So there are certain players who just go straight back in. Well, I suppose we'll see if Rodrigo's one of them. Yeah, yeah, we'll certainly, yeah, we certainly will uh, see if that is the case. Uh, I'm 27 year old uh, Spanish defender Diego Urente is available again, uh, though it does seem like he will be managed. Uh, we did see him on the bench uh, on Friday against uh, Wolves. Uh, he's had uh, two or three stints on the sidelines, has hasn't he, with uh, injuries since uh, since uh, joining Leeds? Uh, See, so yeah, we, we do need to manage him well, don't we? Uh, on his, you know, his return back from injury, we do need to manage him well. Yeah, he's had a torrid time this season with injuries. Um, I really hope it's you know just one of them horrible freak seasons that he, and that he does get some consistent appearances for us. But I suppose we'll we'll, we'll find out. I, I do hope we, we can get him some some starts over the course of the season. But if the defensive partnership is doing well, then I don't know if he'll get in. But it would it would be good to, to see him get you know some some just just to see him more regularly on the pitch because uh, it was it was kind of heartbreaking to see him. Uh, to see him go off injured last time, you know, only in the pitch. What was he on the pitch? Ten minutes before he was, he had to go off with his injury. It must, it must yeah. be tough on the ball, on the block mentally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it'll be great to see Diego Juventus come back and uh, play play some minutes in the first team at some point this season because we don't we don't really know what Diego Juventus has to offer. Really, you know, we saw him play one half against Chelsea away, and we saw him play eight minutes against Newcastle before going off. So uh, yeah, we don't really know what Diego Juventus is all about. So it'll be good to see him. 
uh, played a season at some point. And uh, yeah, good luck to him on on his uh, return back from injury. Uh, but you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, with Cooper and, and Stewart uh, in the starting 11, they're performing really well at the moment, especially Pascal Stewart. I think he's been uh, incredible over recent weeks. And um, yeah, you know, for Diego Juventus and, you know, Robin Cock when he eventually returns, it's going to take a lot of time for them to get back into the starting 11 if uh, Cooper and Stewart keep up these performances. Yeah, I mean... And that's only a good thing. Competition is a good thing, particularly in defensive places. I think we've been kind of torn apart by defensive injuries this season. You know, the Phillips been out injured for a long time. Urense being gone pretty much the full season. Cox had, what, three months on the sidelines. We've kind of been torn apart, really. And it's, it's I think it has cost us with the amount of goals we've been conceding over the last couple of months. And um, a, few, a few of the hidings we've had, I think, if we'd have been fully fit defensively, we may not have suffered as much. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we would have either, but um, we, we've certainly improved in recent weeks. You know, we haven't been, con- you know, I mean, no, we conceded four goals against Arsenal, but you know, we, we've got a clean sheet against Crystal Palace. Um, you know, I, I do think Cooper and, and Shurik have been performing well recently, so um, over to keep up the, the performances, but uh, you know, it'll be good to see Cock return soon and um. Yeah, Diego Juventus make a push for the starting le- starting eleven, and uh, yeah, just just get back to our strongest eleven as soon as possible, really, because uh, yeah, we have so many people out at the moment. Um, so yeah, good to see uh, Juventus back. Uh, good to see uh, Rodrigo return to training. Uh, but Ian Paveda, Robin Cock, Berardi remain out as they continue treatment. Uh, and Cameron Phillips at, at this moment in time uh, is still out. We don't know if he will be back. Uh, of course, if he is back for Tuesday night's game against Southampton, then he obviously goes straight back into the team. I don't think anyone would argue with that. But yeah, good good luck uh, to all the players uh, with injury and uh, yeah, in their in their uh, recovery. Uh, in other news, uh, the Premier League have released a statement regarding televised fixtures. They've said that all fixtures will continue to be made available to fans to watch live in the UK, and that will be the case until government guidance permits supporters to. Return to stadiums. All matches will be shown via existing broadcast partners, Sky Sports, BT Sports, Amazon Prime Video, and BBC. Details of broadcast selections for March and the rearrangement of previously postponed matches uh, will be announced in due course. Uh, Charles, it's uh, great to see how we've gone from you know games being on pay per view to pay per view being scrapped to all Premier League games now being televised and uh, being you know fans being able to watch uh, watch all the games uh, without paying any additional fees uh yes yeah, great to see it. it's the way it should be well yeah because i think sometimes that these uh, television companies forget that they are the bedrock of their income and everything they own is uh is as a result of fans you know paying 40 50 pound a month for per kind of tv broadcasting service and they're kind of cheap to charge people more is uh was rightly rebuked and then um, yeah, it's, it is. It is good to see that they're they're going to keep putting the games on for us because people do deserve it and people need it. Football is a fundamentally a an escape during a, a t- an extremely tough period at the moment, and I know I'd certainly be worse off without it. So I am pleased to see it continue and and be broadcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well said. Uh, and speaking of uh, televised fixtures, uh, Leeds United have had a few uh, of their own games in March change for TV. So our trip to West Ham United uh, is now on Monday, the 8th of March, uh, kicking off at 8pm live on Sky Sports. Our home game against Chelsea is now on Saturday, the 13th of March, kicking off at 12.30pm and is live on BT Sport. And our trip to Fulham on Friday, the 19th of March, is now going to kick off at 8pm and is live on Sky Sports. So plenty of games there to look forward to on TV. (laughs) 
Let's now look ahead to Leeds United's next game, which sees them host Southampton at Ellen Road on Tuesday evening. The game kicks off at 6pm. Charles, we uh, go into the game, having lost our last uh, two games. Uh, So we really need to win, don't we? And we should win this, shouldn't we? I think it is a it is a good opportunity to to pick up three points, but I don't think we should underestimate Southampton because I do think they have some quality players. Danny Ings is just a, a great Premier League striker. James Ward-Prowse, I do think he is the best free kick taker in this league. Either him or De Bruyne, really, but I still think Ward-Prowse has been um, quality over the last few years. Uh, and Vestergaard, you know, I think even though he's had a bit of a, a tough time over the last kind of month or so with various things, I think over the course of the season he's been a quality centre-half. So they've got a lot of decent players. and. Um, on the day can be dangerous. I think we're going to have to isolate Danny Ings if we're going to get something positive, you know, get a positive result from the game, particularly because I think he's just been superb this season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they, they certainly do have some decent players at Southampton. You know, Danny Ings there is their top goal scorer this season with uh, nine goals and three assists. You mentioned James Ward Prowse there; he's got six goals and five assists this season, and yeah, probably is one of the best free kick takers in the Premier League. So yeah, they, they certainly do have a players who can cause us problems, but uh, they haven't been causing too many teams, too many problems uh, in recent weeks. Now, if this game, this is the first time we're playing Southampton this season. If this game was any earlier in the season, I probably would have been nervous because they had a very good start to the season, didn't they, Southampton? They were tipped as top four contenders at one point, but uh, yeah, they've kind of crashed back down to reality, I think it's uh, I think it's fair to say. They're now 13th in the Premier League table on 30 points, two points below us, which, uh, yeah, it's crazy considering where Southampton were a few months ago. Yeah, it's kind of been them, Villa and West Ham this this season, are the teams which have had kind of like, were really good up for, for the majority of the season. But I think Southampton have just dropped off over the last, you know, couple of months. And I think they've uh, they really get, they kind of gave up the ground that they initially got on the uh, on the Premier League table. But uh, yeah, as I've previously said, they're not to be underestimated. And Wolves were around us. Arsenal were around us. It's another one of those mid-table clashes and we, we probably need to win it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And uh, yeah, Southampton certainly are to be underestimated. They got a decent result last time out, uh, drawing one all at home with Chelsea. Uh, but they did lose six Premier League games in a row before that Chelsea game, conceding 20 goals, uh, which of course included that 9-0 loss away at Manchester United. So um, yes, it's a great chance to, to return to winning ways. Uh, you know, pick up three points against the side here around us at home. You know, they're not in great form. And, you know, take a take another step closer to the 40 points. It's a great opportunity. Well, yeah, it is. And I think um, a good three points on, on the board will drag us uh, further away from the relegation zone, calm your nerves and put us within five points of, uh, of 40. So I think that's where everyone wants to be. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, what what would be the team for you on Tuesday night? I mean, if Phillips is back, then I think he he got straight back in really because he's you know so important to the team. But if he isn't, would you keep it unchanged from the Wolves game? I think I would. If Calvin's filling up to play, and I'd, I'd put him in. But otherwise, I don't think I'd make many changes. I thought we played well. We just weren't very lucky. Uh, as Bielsa mentioned, we've got to make make our own luck. So hoping we, we can just be a little bit more clinical in this game. Yeah, yeah, certainly. We uh, yeah, we certainly played well uh, against Wolves. We were just unlucky on the night. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can... Uh, uh, luck is on our side on Tuesday and uh, we can be uh, a little bit more clinical. I've seen a few people saying Pablo Hernandez could, could go back in. By the way, it was great to see Pablo Hernandez come off the bench against Wolves, you know, because there's, you know, a lot of rumours there saying, you know, Pablo Hernandez has kind of fallen out with Bielsa and, and Leeds United. But it was great to see Pablo Hernandez come off the bench on Friday night against Wolves and uh, put in a decent performance. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't start Pablo Hernandez, though. Uh, yeah. 
I'd, I'd keep it unchanged from that Wolves game if, uh, if Phillips isn't back. Yeah, because because we, we certainly didn't play bad against Wolves. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully uh, luck is on our side on Tuesday and we and we can bounce back. Uh, of course, the last time we played Southampton uh, was in October 2012. Uh, we beat them 3-0 at Ellen Road in the League Cup, but Southampton did make a lot of changes then. Uh, but Charles, can we uh, can we win on Tuesday evening? What's your, what's your score prediction? Of course we can. Full faith in the lives that we can win. Um, score prediction, I'm going to go for a 1-0. I'm going to throw a 1-0 one, a win. I would hate a 1-0 win. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely hate it because, uh, yeah, it sounds so nervy does a 1-0 win. Yeah, I mean, I would just take I would just take three points. I would just take three points. But I, I think it could be a comfortable night uh, on Tuesday. I mean, you know, not to underestimate Southampton, you know, I think they have some decent players, but they're not in the best of form recently. As I say, you know, a decent job against Chelsea, but before that, they lost six Premier League games in a row. So I don't think they're in, in good form at the moment. Uh, I think I think Leeds United will. They'll have a lot lot of the ball on, on Tuesday evening. I think Southampton will merely just sit back and counter attack. So yeah, I, I do think it could be quite a comfortable evening on Tuesday night for Leeds United. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go three nil. I'm going to be bold. Say three nil prediction. Bamford hat trick. <laughs> that was uh, that was certainly be good. But uh, yeah, no, it was certainly a good opportunity for Leeds United to pick up three points on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, hopefully Leeds United can uh, return to winning ways. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of episode 86 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Matt. No worries. Appreciate you joining me, as always, mate. And uh, thank you as well to everyone who has watched or listened. Uh, we really do uh, appreciate it. Uh, make sure to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're on. Uh, if you have an Apple device, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That'd be very much uh, appreciated. Uh, share it around as well. That really does help us out. And make sure to follow All Things Leeds on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for All Things Leeds 1. On Twitter and Instagram, search Poor Things Leads on Facebook and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well if you have not already. All Things Leads on YouTube. Uh, plenty of content coming up uh, throughout the week. We've got pre-match uh, chats and uh, post-match reactions, live streaming on, on YouTube and Facebook uh, after the Southampton game and the Aston Villa game on Friday. So plenty of content to look forward to. Plenty uh, coming up on All Things Leads. So make sure to uh, follow and subscribe on all our platforms. Uh, but yeah, Charles and I uh, will be back later on in the week. Uh, So until then, take care, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.